Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here, and we're glad that you're here with us. If you're a visitor, we're so grateful that you decided to come, that you found your way to this service, and if we can help you in any way, there's snacks in the back and coffee in the back and restrooms right here, and you'll see with um, uh, Miss Katie this morning what to do with your kids. If you are a visitor here today, we welcome you, and we want you to feel welcome here at Memorial. Um, I'm going to call Katie up for news about Ice Cream Social, and while she's coming, I'm going to tell you the good news for the week. Will and Candace Grugan had a baby girl. Sloan Elizabeth is nine pounds and three ounces. And Robbie and Lauren Septon last night had a baby girl. And Coralie, nine pounds, six ounces. So that's some big ones. Uh, that, are, uh, that are healthy and go see them this week and check and see how they're doing. If you have prayer concerns, please raise your hands and our ushers will come and give you a note card of which you can write your concern and it will be prayed for throughout the week. Please write legibly. Good morning. I'm Katie Jeter, and I do the children and family ministries here at Memorial. And I have a couple announcements from those departments to share with you this morning. It's a busy day at Memorial today. It's Promotion Sunday for our children's Sunday school classes. So if you have a one or two-year-old or a three and four-year-old, they can go straight to their Sunday school classes this morning, which is on this hallway. And they're labeled out there. Those children are good to go. The elementary kids whose classes are all located upstairs can stay in here in the gym and meet with me at the beginning of the Sunday school hour. And they'll be dismissed from here uh, to be picked up in their new rooms at 1045. The second thing is we have some new command centers for our children's ministry programs. There's one in each hallway. So if you will just kind of check those out, locate those this morning, that's where you can see um, who is teaching our Sunday school classes, who is keeping our nurseries. That's where you can volunteer to fill in holes. So if you'll just take a minute to find those this morning, um, we would appreciate it. And then lastly, the ice cream social. That's tonight at 5 o'clock, but instead of here on our church grounds, we want you to come to Lake Robinson, and we'll be under the large shelter out there, and we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, Katie. Um, I want to remind you of keeping it on Facebook. If you are able, if you can park on the far lot across the street, and if you are able car-wise, SUV or truck-wise, you can park in the grassy lot beside the parking lot that gives us uh, even more spaces for um, people that need them on this side. So let's turn our hearts towards the Lord in worship. Will you stand and worship with us?
together. Gracious God, we are so grateful that we can come to you just as we are, because we really can't come to you any other way, and you just take us and accept us and mold us into what you need for us to be. Help us to be your hands and your feet, to take your love and your hope into the world to those who need it. Be with us now and focus our hearts and our minds on you as we prepare to worship. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. We bow our hearts, we bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls to another, give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls to another, oh God let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your Come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh Lord, we cast down our idols. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure Would you turn and greet those around you? And children, if you will come join Miss Katie up front, we're going to recognize our third graders. Good morning. How is everybody? Are y'all awake? Yes. 
Good morning. Try again. Good. Okay. Today is a big day, like I said earlier, and we're doing a lot of things with the kids here at church this morning. You get to go to your new Sunday school rooms in a little while, and right now, our third graders are going to be honored with a gift from our church. So I wanted y'all to have a front row seat to see that this morning. We have a tradition at Memorial, when you enter the third grade, that the church gives you a Bible as a gift. And what we're giving our third graders this year is the Adventure Bible. And it's a full-color Bible, so it looks awesome. And I always like to read the verse that's on the inside under their names. And it comes from Proverbs chapter 2, and it's verses 1 and 4 through 5. It says, If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, if you seek wisdom as silver and search for wisdom as if for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And that's what we hope you all do, is enjoy reading this book and learning from this book and remembering your, that your church family gave it to you, okay? So as I call your name forward, if you're a third grader, I want you to come stand up here with me, and Reverend Kate's going to congratulate you too, and we are very proud of you and hope you will enjoy and treasure this gift. So first, we have Alexander Scudder. I didn't see you, Alexander. You want to nice. stand up here for a minute so everybody gets theirs? Emily Major. Ava Normand. That was a good one. Carter Owens. Good job, Carter. Jackson Yacht. Good job, Jackson. And Noah Hammond. Would y'all like to join me in congratulating our third graders? Our next recognition is for our kindergartners. So those who are going into kindergarten this year. Do I have any of you up here on the carpet with us? Or out in the congregation that want to run up here real quick? Okay, are you going into kindergarten? Come up here, Davis. Come up here. Anybody else? Okay, we just want to welcome y'all into our church service. A lot of you have been coming in here for a long time, but a lot of you also have still been going to nursery. And so when you reach kindergarten, we like to invite you to come in here and stay for the whole service. And when you walk in, there's a blue, I should have brought it up here with me this morning, but there's a blue stand in the very back. And in the 11 o'clock service, there's a wicker basket that greets you at the door. And what's in those? What's in the basket and on the stand back there? The colorful bags. So those are some activity packets that you can grab when you come in um, to keep you entertained if you need it during the service, okay? So we're glad to have you. You want to give Reverend Kate a high five? It's going to be awesome. Hang out more. 
All right, y'all have a seat real quick. Okay, one more thing that we're going to do this morning, since we're all getting ready to go back to school, is we're going to have our annual back to school blessings. And what we do is we like to have a send-off because back to school is an exciting and fun time, but can it also be kind of nerve-wracking, scary? Yeah, sometimes you don't know what to expect. You're going to a new class. You're going to have new friends in there, a new teacher maybe. So we started doing this back to school blessing so that we could have a prayer all together before you start school in the next few weeks. And this is a prayer for not just young kids or young students. This is for anybody that's going back to school in any way. So if you're a teacher or a staff person or administrator, this is for you too. So if you would all stand up, if you're going back to school in any way, this blessing is for you. So if you want to stand up, members of the congregation and any students. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for all you have given us. We thank you for creating us and filling us with good things, for giving us your son Jesus to show the way to you. Bless these students, teachers, and support staff as they begin this new school year. Help them in all that they do to appreciate the goodness in themselves and to look for the good in those around them. Help them live their faith and love you by loving those around them. Help them see your presence always. May they turn to you in good times and in bad and know that you are their strength. As they grow on the outside, may they grow on the inside as well in knowledge and in love for you and others. Let your Holy Spirit give them gifts of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge to help them learn the things you need them to know. Bless all children, students, teachers, and support staff this day, O oh God. Give them inquiring minds and discerning hearts. Give them courage to persevere in all they undertake. Give them laughter and love to share with all. Give them protection and safety as they move out of our embrace. And give them sure and certain knowledge of your unfailing love. May my prayer be a blessing to everyone who has prayed over today, and may it be a reminder for us all to keep these back-to-schoolers in our thoughts and in our prayers this week and throughout this school year. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys. Okay, one last thing. If you're going back to school, I have a little treat for you on the back table. Again, something else I should have brought up here with me. So if you want to follow me from the green carpet to the back table, I have a little back to school treat for you. Okay? Thank you guys. Miss Katie's going to make me want to go back to school. There's a lot of incentives going back to school this week. So before we pray together with prayer concerns, I'll tell you uh, those that were shared with us. The Sullivan family and Caleb Green family, Angie Summers, to pray for good test results and a biopsy on a mass on Monday. Ford Sweeney, a 12-year-old boy who has lost the ability to walk and feed himself. Pray for Peggy Smith and Ann Dobson. For Andy, who is waiting for a liver transplant. And for Sherilyn, who has cancer. And for those unsaid, those not shared, but welling up inside us, we pray. Heavenly Father, be present with us in our pain, in our joy, in our loss, in our gain. Help us understand that you are with us in every single phase, 
that though we have frail bodies, we have strong faith, and we have a loving family, church family that surrounds us. Bless us this morning, Lord, as we open up your text, that it may inspire us, that it may teach us something that we can use this week. Inspire us this morning, Lord, with the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So, we have uh, two weeks of chapter one. Last week was our first week, and I knew that um, it being a communion Sunday, it would have to be short. I also knew that we had a four-chapter book and a five-week month. And so I thought, okay, we'll, you, we'll do chapter one the first two weeks. And so we're looking at quotes from chapter one again today. We'll look chapter 2 next week, uh, 3 the next week, and our last Sunday in August is a fifth Sunday. And so as people have asked, hey, we're going to do that fifth Sunday thing where we combine, we are. And so how are we going to rotate? Yes. Do you know where it's going to be? Yes. It's going to be in the sanctuary. So I told people in the sanctuary last week, people from contemporary worship are coming. <laughs> you need to expect them. You need to figure they'll sit in your seat, and you need to understand that there's an excellent seat five feet to the left. <laughs> I've got a brand new microphone in the sanctuary that really um, uh, projects my voice. won't seem to have that problem in here, um, but it really uh, projects the voice out. So I want y'all to be there on the fifth Sunday at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the sanctuary, and we will all combine together and talk about that last chapter. So I'm going to start today, um, the scripture today is Genesis 2, but I'm going to start with one of our quotes from the day from the book. Uh, and we are using Adam Hamilton's uh, Why, Making Sense of God's Will. If, you're, if this is your first Sunday, you can Google that and you'll find it. It's a simple little book that's um, guiding our scripture for the month. Adam and Eve's story is our story. Some take the story literally and historically. Some see it figuratively and symbolically. However you read the story, it points towards who we are as human beings. It's a quote from Adam Hamilton. So religious folks often argue with one another over points in this simple phrase. It has to be literal. Or it has to be figurative. It has to be read entirely. Or it has to be edited. These are the opinions of people reading the Bible. And they generally... Don't share that in a, a simple little way with a smile. It's, it's, it's with a very serious tone. And anyone that's not taking that very serious tone needs to fix it. And they need to fix it in, um, to, to the belief that we have, whether it's literal or whether it's figurative, whether there was Adam and Eve or whether there's a story of Adam and Eve. Um, and um, seminaries can be defined based on the way that they teach the Bible in that way. And so I'm not going to tell you whether it's literal or figurative. Why do you figure? I'm here. I'm in Greer in 2015. I have no idea. I wasn't there. But I love the phrase that Adam Hamilton said. Personally, I'm a big fan of it points towards who we are as human beings. Anything that helps us understand who we are as human beings and helps us understand what God is in the relationship uh, is helpful to me. 
So Genesis 2. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. So this is shaping up to be the first instance of something. And we've got um, church insider words that we use all the time. Um, locations like the um, sacristy. Well, people who come in this room, I don't know what sacristy is. What's the narthex? I have no idea what that is. Um, we the Methodist Church real bad about acronyms. The UMW, the DCOM, you know that whatever that GBOD, whatever that may be, um, and then committee names. So stewardship. Somebody walks in the door and say, what, "What's stewardship?" Well, in many ways, you know, it's about I'm giving you something very special, and it's your task to not only care for it but help it grow. And so this is shaping up to be the first time that God delegates to human beings. He created this amazing garden and then said, here, I'm going to give it to you. And whatever you call it, whether it's stewardship or delegation, it's going to happen throughout the entire Bible. It's going to happen immediately, and it's going to happen all the way through. God will soon ask Cain, where's your brother Abel? We can't find him. Uh, God will one day say to Moses, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I need something done, and I'm going to have you do it. Jesus will tell a parable that starts, There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. Over and over and over again, God will create and God will delegate. Place it in the hands of another person and then see if that other person can do something with it and make it functional. So the scripture continues in verse 9. The Lord made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, and from there it separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon. It winds throughout the entire land of Avila, where there is gold. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to do what? Work it and what? Care for it. He created these amazing things. It's walking away. It's giving a human being the task of caring for it. So all kinds of trees listed. I looked up, uh, uh, I knew they mattered, but I googled why do trees matter as part of this illustration, and I saw 22 reasons why trees matter. You want me to share all 22? Let me do three. Three is a good biblical number. Clean the air and provide oxygen. Provide a habitat for wildlife and let us know the seasons. Now, we've got all kinds of technology. We can look and see when something's going to happen, what the temperature's going to be, what the temperature's been for the last 50 years on this particular date in this particular region. But four people had that. Look around at trees and they can tell the seasons. And a river flowing through, through and breaking off. So I told you last week we were going to take 
a week vacation um, from last Sunday afternoon till yesterday. And we went to the Low Country. Katie's family has a place at Edisto. We always go into Charleston. We all see different sorts of places. And so one of my favorite things to see is the Edisto Tidal Creeks when you're going in. And sometimes you go in and they are, I mean, there is nothing there. It's just pluff mud that I've jumped in before. You go in and you'll see water rushing in. You go in and you see water up to the very road and you think, my goodness. You know, we just trust that this water won't just keep coming another seven feet such that we can't even cross this road. But to see the beauty of that water coming and going and to see the life that is there functioning on a really high level and when the water's high, and then the life that's there when it's really low, you see what an amazing thing water can be. Standing at the aquarium on the um, observation steps looking out at the harbor, you can see um, the Wando River coming in, you see the Cooper River coming in, you see the ocean. The low country people love to say that it's where the Ashley and the Cooper and the Wando come together to form what? Anybody know? The Atlantic Ocean. That's where those three rivers come together to form the Atlantic Ocean. So you look at that and you see all the amazing wildlife that's around there. To see the containers, I, 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 um, I love logistics almost more than anybody. I love to watch huge boats, planes, trains, whatever. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm so excited. I'm showing the girls, like, here's a container ship. And this container ship has like 70 trucks worth of, tra of containers. They pull them off here. They put them on a train. They bring them right up to us. Then the truck gets them, puts them on the truck, and then they take them somewhere else. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's awesome. Standing there in the Charleston Harbor and seeing the water that's there and the life that it gives. Um, did a farm wedding in the country. Um, out 76, halfway between Greenville and Clemson. And we're under this beautiful tree and there's a creek going by. And um, you know, my, my conversational style is just to ask you questions about whatever it is, your work or your life or whatever. And um, occasionally that leads to doofus questions, but it always generates conversation. So I say, why are farmers so lucky that there's always a creek running through their farm? What do you think he said? Because uh, that's where we put the farm. We put the farm where the creek is. I was like, ah, yeah. solid, uh, city boy, <laughs> city boy, wow. So you, so all those three different, entirely different types of water that are providing life on a really high level. And who brought it there? And who keeps it coming there? The one who created it. And the one who creates it, hands it over to his creation, human beings. And let's not skip over that detail in the middle of the description. There's all kinds of sweet, you know, there's nature and trees and rivers. Oh, and by the way, there's the tree of life and there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I remember as a kid thinking there was just one tree. I remember being surprised when I went to seminary that there were two trees. And um, the tree of life isn't mentioned much, but for it's an option that they don't do. And then the knowledge of good and evil, which is not only the knowledge of good and evil, it's the knowledge of the breadth from good to evil. It's the knowledge of all things. So parents are always trying to determine how much of this do we tell our kids? How much can they handle? How much are they ready for? And then kids do it to parents. 
how much or how much can my parents handle of this story? And then, of course, grandparents do it. To, you know, we all do it to each other. But this tree is going to give you the entire range of knowledge in an instant. And he says, I don't want you to eat it. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Here's an outlet. Here's a fork. Don't put the fork in the outlet. How's that going to work out? Here's an outlet. Here's a fork. But don't do anything with the fork. Just eat with it. Don't go towards the outlet. So the question is, why these rules? Why to bother with that? There's always rules every time God tells us something, God gives us a rule. Well, this is something that I mentioned last week. And it has to do with the fact that life, love, and provision always precede covenants. Amazing things are given and offered far before there's ever a covenant established. What follows covenants? Trust, free will, and opportunity are always following covenants or promises. So the first thing before God ever gives a rule is life, love, and provision. Once those things are established and a human being can live, God gives structure and a covenant, and then it's turned over to that human being's free will, that human being's opportunity to do the right thing or the wrong thing. So here's your second quote of the day from the book. We instinctively know how important our freedom is to us. We are willing to fight and die for it. As children grow up, they yearn for it. We know that we want another to choose to love us and not be forced to love us. God's decision to give human beings the ability to choose right from wrong is itself an expression of God's love. So when you hear someone say, or you say yourself, I don't understand why these people keep doing these things. I don't understand why God can't stop me from doing these things. It's because the thing that we've longed for our entire life, free will and opportunity, is the greatest gift that God could ever give us in love. And we can do very good things. We can do very marginal things. We can do very bad things with that freedom. So freedom, 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 freedom. I want freedom. I want choices. I want opportunity. Okay, here. You have it. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the windows of opportunity that you have and the choices that are in them? Third quote of the day. God does not take from us our freedom, nor does God miraculously deliver us from the consequences of our actions or the actions of others. But as we'll see in chapter 4, God does promise to deliver us, and God promises to sustain us and to force good to come from the painful things we experience in this life. I think it's interesting that second part of the first phrase, or the actions of others. God does not miraculously deliver us 
from the actions of others. Now, there are opportunities. There are times, certainly in the Bible, and I think there would be times in our lives if we thought of our family, our friends, our co-workers, ourselves, where we would think, I was miraculously delivered from a really dumb decision. And don't, don't let me lose you on that when you start thinking about all the dumb decisions in your life. Then there's other people who do very dumb things. And they do them in your sphere and can cause you serious harm. But you can't have the freedom that God grants without that potential. And if you said, I want to be entirely free, but I want to be entirely protected. I want to be entirely free, but I also want to make all the right choices or merciful. I want to be entirely free, but I want that person to make all the right choices. Seems like they make some terrible ones and they're impacting me. So what I would suggest in reading this chapter, I hope, uh, um, when I, I don't want to speak entirely for Adam, I think what he would suggest is when someone does something that harms one of our favorite people, it's not in the absence of God. And it's not because God willed it any more than you would will that your child would fall off a deck. You wouldn't want that to happen. In a million years, you wouldn't want that to happen. But the fact that they're two and a half, three and a half, and they go towards the edge, that's the opportunity that's in front of them. So one of the harshest things we do to ourselves and one of the harshest things we say to others is, well, God must have wanted it this way. Use that rationale with yourself. If you had two people that you love dearly and you'd wish they'd make a good choice and one of them makes a bad choice and harms the other one, did you want that? No. Not in a million years. If you wouldn't, why would God want that? So he says, I'm not going to deliver you from them, but I'm going to be present with you when it happens. So when we experience tragedy, when we are the... Um, was the word perpetrator of tragedy when we are the one inflicting it on other people lots of times we do one thing we flee we run as far as we can we avoid people as much as we can because we can't stand to be reminded of it to think about it or to know that we harm someone uh, God called Moses out in the desert Moses is out in the desert because he inflicted uh, pain on an Egyptian uh, soldier. He inflicted pain on an Egyptian soldier because he was hurting one of his people. And so he runs as far as he can, knowing he's going to be away from everybody and never have to deal with it again. God comes right to him and says, I'm going to call you. I'm going to delegate to you to go do something amazing. So the pain and perceived isolation, I want to say perceived, leads us to flee. And here's your last quote of the day. Rejecting God doesn't change the situation that has caused our suffering. It only removes the greatest source of hope, help, comfort, and strength that we have. That makes sense? It only pushes out the one who created it all for us and hoped that we would make good decisions and hoped other people around us would make good decisions. You see how heartbreaking that would be for the Creator who made the trees, who made the water, who made the land, who made the opportunity to be 
attributed, who, to be given um, credit for the pain and abandoned. When the Creator would never want any of that. What the Creator wants is to take a knee like a parent would and a child come run to him and say, I was hurt. I'm in pain. I feel lost. I feel broken. And there's the um, important element of God's interaction with us. And so, as I told you that we were going to talk about Adam and Eve, and tell anybody, the first thing they're going to think about is the tree and what Adam and Eve did. The thing I want you to think about as you see the story of Adam and Eve is what preceded it. The love and the nurture and the provision that preceded it and the free will that was granted and the ultimate hope that human beings would live in love with that provision. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are infinitely patient and we are grateful. And as we run from you, as we rebel against you, as we yell at you, as we attribute awful things to you, you absorb it. And we're grateful. You can handle it. And we're grateful. Help us, Lord, once we've expressed it. Once we've shown our true pain to you. To start to understand your creation for us, your hope for us, and your opportunity that you place in our lives. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Stand and read our affirmation together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Ushers, please come forward for the offering.
we are the body why aren't his feet going why is his love not showing him there is a way there is a way sing with us.
Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and power and presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Have a blessed week.